It's Meet the Movie Press on November the 30th, 2018. On the show this week, Pinocchio, no you didn't, Tom Hanks. The Spider-Verse expands exponentially and no one wants Back to the Future remade. No one. No one. Plus the big movies in the box office and we talk meh, meh, repoppings returns. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. It is Meet the Movie Press. It's November the 30th, 2018. We're back after having a week off of Thanksgiving. We hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving and everybody is doing well and is well rested. Uh, I'm back. I'm Simon Thompson, uh, the host of the show. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at showbizsimon and also on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson with me. As usual, are Scott and Dimitri. Dimitri, those who don't know who you are, welcome back, guys. Hey, welcome oh. back. Dimitri, welcome who back. are you and where can we find you? Oh, I'm still stuffed. I still have my pants unbuttoned. Dude, oh, I'm so stuffed. <laughs> so stuffed. Inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> I hardly well, put my pants on all week, and I'll be honest with you, I've also been working all week. In, in other news, Good. I've just been fired. <laughs> carry, carry on. Yes, my name is Dimitri. Hey, movie fans. Uh... Uh, it's great to be back here at Meet the Movie Press. Also, you can find me on Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie. Today, we're doing two shows. Oh. Two. We're actually doing Instant Family. Oh, yes. Which great. I can't wait. And uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. Today. So. And Scott. Hi, Scott Menzel on this wonderful show with these two wonderful gentlemen. Uh, you can find me at We Live Entertainment. I'll save the rest of the spiel to the end. Cool. Okay, let's talk. There's a lot of things we've got to get through. There's two weeks of, of stuff to catch up on. So let's kick off with some stuff from this week. Uh, Tom Hanks may play Geppetto in the uh, live-action Disney movie, the Pinocchio remake that Paul King is going to be directing. So not the Guillermo one. But not as far as I'm aware. Hmm. Unless he's going to hmm. double down with Geppetto. I should. <laughs> uh, what do you think? He was obviously Tom Hanks was lined up for Dumbo. There were a lot of talk about him uh, joining Dumbo. Uh, that didn't happen. This looks like this is going to happen. Uh, thoughts on this? I'm fine with him. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, who's not fine with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, see, for, <laughs> for me, I'm kind of I'm kind of behind. That's brilliant because yeah. everybody loves Tom Hanks. Yes. But also then I'm like, but is that a little bit lazy? Because everybody loves Tom Hanks. Is that an easy win? He'll probably be brilliant in this. Yes. I, yeah. It's impossible not to like him. Right. I get what you're saying. It, and it is an easy win. I don't mean to sound negative, but... But, but... Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes you need an easy win. And why not? I mean, he's, he's going to be great as Geppetto. I just want to know who's going to do Pinocchio. Yes, which That's I think... That's the bigger question. That's right, bigger right. question to me. I'm thinking if they've cast Geppetto, they will have been doing some sort of testing because you've got to get that chemistry right with Pinocchio. Absolutely. So I would be absolutely <clears throat> positive that in the not-too-distant future, we will find out who is going to play mm. Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that? Pinocchio. Who do you think? And should they go unknown, or should they go for someone who is a child actor... Um, that is a that is around at the moment because there aren't that many. No, there aren't that many. And if you go unknown, and and again, are they going to make this a musical? Like, mm. I mean, are they going to follow? Are they going to follow the animated and, and make it a musical as well? Well, they haven't done that with the majority of the Disney live That's action true. ones so far. That's true. Peach Dragon, not uh, Maleficent, obviously no. not Sleeping Beauty. Um, yeah, but those weren't musicals. Like, Pinocchio is sort of a musical. The, the animated. 
Perhaps, yeah. Not, I mean, when you wish upon a star. Not, no, yeah, but think, not as much. Not strictly musical, because yeah, we've had the debate musical. about what makes a musical previously, and right. I don't think it clarifies strictly as being musical, other than it has music in it and songs. It, it's it's funny, because when you, when you talk about casting Pinocchio, yeah. only two... Uh, young actors come to mind. One is Jacob Tremblay. The other sure. one is is uh, Noah Jupe from uh, Quiet Place. Yeah, those two are the ones that spring to mind instantly. Uh, just because I feel like they have the most talent and the most range. The thing is with, and I th- I thought about Tremblay as well, is the fact that he's at, he's at, and it's always difficult with child actors because you get to a time where you film take about let's say eighteen months, two years from set to release. Then you've got the difficult thing when you're dealing with child actors by the fact that when the film comes out, the child actors don't look like right, kids anymore. Right, right, right. And they yeah. sound very different. And it's kind of, you know, it, there are hurdles that come with that. So I think they have to be careful with that. Otherwise, you kind of, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Tremblay would be good. I think, you know, the other suggestion, I mean, the, the boy from A Quiet Place is another great idea. Uh, yeah. I was going to throw yeah, in uh, Owen Vaccaro. The guy for the kid from the house with the clock in its walls. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I yes. it was decent too. Yeah, I think Jacob Tremblay would be the best one though because I've seen him in, um, I believe it's like a Wide Awake or uh, the uh, yeah, oh, Before Flanagan I Wake movie. Yeah, Before I Wake. Yeah, which I was... didn't like, but that's a Mike Flanagan movie that didn't get a theatrical release here. It, it uh, there were several oh, issues around distribution. He was so that. pissed about that. Yeah, very, very understandably. I mean, you want your work to be seen on the big screen. And um, I was also thinking Michael Sarah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, that's one way. Because yeah, I think, you know, I mean, it's different. It's unorthodox, <laughs> but it'd be kind of a great, mildly neurotic Pinocchio. And he's also never aged. No, <laughs> he never ages. But it'd be interesting to see. But Tom Hanks, I think, is a really positive win. Here's what you have to get with Pinocchio. Yes. Yeah. The chemistry between Geppetto and Pinocchio. But remember that Geppetto's not in the movie a lot. No. Right? Mm. Okay. So then it's the um so then it becomes Jiminy Cricket. Yep. Right? Whoever's fairy. gonna voice Jiminy Cricket yep. or however they decide to do it. And again, I don't know, I always when I look when I when I think of Pinocchio Dwayne the Rock Johnson as, as Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket. Cricket. Oh good God. <laughs> Why not? Yes, he'll just say yes. <laughs> That's the sound of fun. You know we'd still watch that. You know we'd still watch that. So, you know, there, there's lots, mm. I think, to get right that they need to get right in this movie. And again, I don't know if you can shy away from the music. And who's going to play, not the wild boys, but, you know, there's the whole Yeah, the guys the in the donkeys, circus and, the yeah. Circus, the, the cast whale, of Hook. The cast of <laughs> They're not doing anything hook. right now. No, what are they doing? Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of things. Part. I think really for, for Geppetto, for, for Tom Hanks, I think that's going to come through a lot in, I think they're going to utilize things like flashbacks. Oh, so yeah. I think he will have possibly okay. more than the straight story. I would absolutely, because when you have Tom Hanks, you want to use Tom Hanks. Sure. You don't really want to not use him to the full effect. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. People in the chat uh, are talking about this. Uh, Whoever they're going to cast is going to be hard to top Jonathan Taylor Thomas's performance back in 96. And oh, that's yes. Zayas B. Luke. Yeah. Great reference there. Great yes. reference. Uh, Zayas also saying uh, one of the one of the kids from It or Stranger Things. Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Pardon, I've got a hair in my mouth for some reason. I don't know what I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know what I mean doing. You make your own story up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a really good point. But again, this is, this is something I've, I've, I've had this conversation with Sean Levy around Stranger Things. Is the fact that they've done the third season now, but those kids are growing up. They're going. Yeah, they're, they're growing up fast. Yeah, 
And so I think, you know, it, it, that, that again is, is the back to that, to that problem. Uh, film that Jamie's saying Tom Hanks play, uh, played Walt Disney and nobody cared. I don't think nobody cared. I think the people that saw Saving yes. Mrs. Banks cared. Because I love that movie. Me too. It's just, it still to this day has been horribly neglected by audiences and overlooked. And I think that's it's a crying older, shame. It's an older people movie, in all fairness. It is, but it's, it a, is. it's a nice snapshot of I know. history. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the, you, know, you get that it embellishes something. Oh, yeah. for sure. But, like every biopic. Yeah, but I really loved the story. It's mm. a behind the scenes yeah, kind of glimpse of the making of Mary Poppins and writing the songs and yeah. the conflict that was going on between the other. I really like that. No, movie. I, I, I love Huge. that movie too. I think it's it's that, and I think Christopher Robin is a Disney movie that I think has been criminally overlooked this year, which I think is a real shame. It really that didn't do as well as it should do. Uh, Ricky Devella saying, uh, I feel like since Pinocchio is more associated with musicals, it probably will be. Cinderella wasn't remembered so much as a musical, so they took the liberty, for the better, of not doing it as one. No, I think that's fair, but also then Pete's Dragon. Right. Was very mu- that that fundamentally was a musical. Yes, it was, and it was sold on being a musical. But a lot of these classic Disney movies, they're not musicals, but they have musical numbers, musical numbers that are really big parts of of the movie. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to say. Uh, Ricky then saying basically his guess is that they'll go along the lines of Jungle Book, uh, some songs that aren't full musical numbers but sung and a tiny bit of dancing. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe we'll see with Dumbo. Dumbo's another really good example. There are some some amazing musical numbers in the original Dumbo. And it'll be interesting to see whether, if they are taking these movies that have these heavy musical components, whether they're going to keep that or in some of them, but not all of them. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's kind of like a, how long is a piece of string? What's the answer right. yet? We well, don't know. Well, Dumbo and I think Lion King is another great example. And obviously Lion King trailer dropped while we were taking the break Absolutely. for Thanksgiving yes. last week. Did phenomenally yeah. well. Let's just talk about that very quick. Do you want to make your point? Oh, I was just going to say the Lion King trailer looks like a beep for beep remake mm. of the animated film mm. from the trailer. Yeah. Gus Van Sant's The Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, saw it, everyone was like, oh my god, it's real! It's like, it's, it's it looks like real. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, didn't, they didn't actually get, like, lions <laughs> yeah, to come in no. and walk on. Oh, right. Can you imagine the insurance on yeah. that job? Oh, Jeez. I thought they did. Oh, real it don't, break, don't break the fourth <laughs> window. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the magic. I mean, Lion King trailer dropped last week. Oh. Uh, everybody kind of went bananas um, for that one. Uh, what, were your, what were your thoughts on that? One billion dollars. Yeah, it's a, it's a billion. I mean, that's what I thought. Easily, easily. Yeah, I mean, beat for beat, it looked like Lion King. Yes. So that's what they're selling. Yeah. And at this point, if you don't know what Lion King is, whether it whether you've never seen the movie, the stage show, mm. uh, you know, you just can't wait to be king. Yeah, just, you know. <laughs> Yeah. King of the just box office. Just make sure, you know, be, be prepared. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I was very impressed by it. I really enjoyed the trailer. Yeah. It didn't move me in the same way as the original Lion King did. There is a lot to live up to. Yes. Because that movie is is so fantastic in so many ways and hasn't lost any of its emotion oh, no. or impact uh-huh. or appeal in the decade since that movie came out. And I think that's what that trailer is taking advantage of. Yeah. It's taking advantage of the of, uh, of yeah. the moviegoers who are so familiar with it. So it's like let's just cl- let's like dig deep with the nostalgia. Yeah. And we don't care about it. This is what we're focusing well, on. Well, what's what's interesting, I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh 
the like the millennials, the people in the '90s mm. who grew up in the '90s, they have such <clears throat> this fond attachment yeah. to Lion King. It, right. If you talk to a lot of people who are you know grew up in the '90s, that is the animated movie they they deeply connect with. It's where not the ones like where we talk about all the time, but that one. That's the one that always gets brought up. Yep. It's probably where. And I'm, I'm happy to discuss this or for people to disagree with this, but I think The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast were really... Yes. There, it was a turning point in cinema mm-hmm. where it people stopped seeing... I mean, some people still don't see it this way, but it, people stopped seeing animated movies as kids' movies. And they started seeing animated movies as cinema. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, previously, obviously early Disney, it, it, it was, yes, a lot of adults enjoyed those movies, but really it was aimed at kids and then adults would also see it. This was something that was cinema. It was a uh, it was a movie that stood as a movie, and I think it was a really big. It was a benchmark moment. And also, just before that, there had been almost a decade of really terrible animated movies. Oh yeah, coming out of Disney and various other animation studios at the time. So it really was a return to form for animation for something that was. It was really done very, very well in, in many, many ways. I agree 100% with what you said, but I, a lot of that credit does go to Beauty and the Beast. Because oh. that was nominated for an Academy Award. Mm. It's why we have the animated yeah. Academy Award um, category. And so a lot of people, not only was it critical, uh, uh, critically acclaimed, but it was box office huge. Yeah. And so when you're doing The Lion King, it was like, can they repeat this? Yeah. And they did. And it was amazing because, you know, you're going from they went back to the to the Disney trope of Bambi, uh-huh. where it's all animals. Yes. And the yes. animation was amazing. But it wasn't just that. It was a, it was so cinematic, the look and the feel of it on the big screen. The music numbers were catchy. They brought you, they drew you in, so you would be singing Hakuna Matata. Mm. Or the circle of life, yeah. right? Or I just can't wait yeah. to be king. And, and, you, and, and you, it was cinema. And and it was also it was an, an element of, uh, there was a connection, an emotional connection there, which you can try and replicate. But even if you replicate it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that will still have the same connection. You will you replicate, but not duplicate. Yes. And I think that's going to be the real difference here. We're always going to have the original Lion King. Right. That's it, that's that's never going to change. It's still there. The challenge for this is, I think, beyond being a spectacle and doing something new with it, I think is is finding a way to formulate new reasons and new reactions from the audiences, which is going to be very difficult if it's going to be so close to the original. Right. It really has to. There has to be something in there, a little spark of magic that they need to have found. To make it work, so we'll see how that goes down. Sure. Uh, but phenomenally popular online. I mean, huge. Everybody was watching it. I think it's like the second most watched preview oh. of all time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 insane. People went nuts for that. Okay, let's talk about something else that's animated this week. Uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse um, announced this week uh, that there was a sequel and an all female spin off for that movie in the works. I'll be honest with you, I saw it. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. I. Was not impressed particularly by the clips that I'd seen previously. I was like, okay, stylistically, it's very appealing. Uh, didn't think the film was for me. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Huh. Genuinely. And not, I mean, as, as much as I love Marvel and as much as I love Spider-Man, he's my, possibly my favorite um, superhero. Um, sounds really weird when I'm a grown man saying that. Um but it really... It, Belmar it, would agree. It, yeah, well, it brought... No. Uh, yeah, that's another, that's another debate. But no, I mean, it brought, it brought so much and something that's so different to the table. 
I, I really take take my hat <clears> off <throat> to it. Um, genuinely, I was I was impressed, and some extremely positive reactions online. Uh, Scott. Yeah, I mean, um, I saw, saw, it, as well, I saw it as well. Yeah. Um, I had the pretty much the exact same feelings mm. that you had going into it. I remember being in Comic-Con, seeing the trailer and the, the crowd going wild. I was just kind of like, this looks great, but I don't know how I'm going to feel about this movie as and a I whole. And I didn't think we needed it. No, I didn't think we needed it either. Um, and I will will say that I thought it was good, not great. I'm, I'm not someone who's going to go out and bash this movie because, I, I mean, I appreciate it for what it is. Mm. And I feel like the animation style is very unique and very different from any other film we've seen this year mm-hmm. or in the last couple of years. Um, my issue with the film, uh, like, you're, like we're talking about today, was that I knew that this movie was just going to be the beginning of, like, a whole bunch of things to come hmm. which i can't help escape anymore when i go into yeah. a movie so i can't just appreciate the film for being a standalone because i'm like oh my god they're just going to turn this into sequel after sequel after sequel spinoff mm. spinoff spin spinoff but um you know I, I i just thought it was a little bit for me personally too much uh, of like a spider-man fanboy type movie it's yeah. not that i didn't appreciate some of the There's elements that, that, of humor mm. humor to it it's just like everything is just like hey remember this and this spider-man hey here's the the original animated movie like the series it just there was too much of that and well, it just was it, it didn't make me laugh out loud as much as i wanted to well see i laughed out loud way more than i thought it was going to and i wasn't I, for me it was I, I do not consider myself to be a fanboy at all but there were elements of, and I totally agree, there was lots of fanboy stuff in there, but I didn't feel that it was excluding anyone who's not a major fanboy. If anything, it, I think it was piquing the interest, and the fanboy references actually worked in their own right, I think, which, which to me is very difficult to do, and a lot of movies and TV shows try to do this, and they do it either really, really badly in a ham-fisted way, or in such a way that it just stands out, and people go, "I don't know what I don't know what that referring to," and I think this actually handled all of that really, really well. I mean, there were some of these Spider-Man characters, different Spider characters, that I wasn't particularly aware of, and I instantly warmed and, to them, and, and I was and like, that, "Oh, okay, cool." And, this and I'm weird. glad you're bringing bringing that up because for me, that was the highlight of this movie. Yeah, is when all the different Spider-Man characters kind mm-hmm. of come together and they have like their their funny introductions and things of that nature. That was the highlight for me. When they introduced Miles Morales's character, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But then they started doing a little bit too much focuses on the other two Spider-Man characters that we know so much of that have been beaten to death mm-hmm. in the Hollywood Fair. system. Um, those are the <coughs> ones where I felt like that was too much of the film. Right. And then if it was more of the multiverse characters i would have loved that a lot more it had the potential to be a horrible mess yes because there's there's a lot in this movie there is a hell of a lot in there it could have gone horribly wrong it was a big risk in my opinion for them to try and do something visually so bold and so brave that some people just won't like and just with so many characters and some stuff that was you know, quite off the wall sometimes. I mean, from other characters that you don't know or situations when you're trying to set up this new this new Spider-Man, Mars Morales. You know, that a lot of people, your, your average guy on the street, won't be aware of. Right. right. They won't be aware that there's more than one Spider-Man. There's a non-white Spider-Man. People won't be aware of this. It'll be yeah. something completely new, and people will think that they've just created it for this movie. But I think he handled all that really, really well. Um, it just it was, goes it to show... smart and sharp. It could, just goes to show that Chris Lloyd and film 
Phil Miller, right? Mm. Yeah. Like they're just they're just such a great duo. Yeah. Whenever they, they, they're on board with a animated film, they know exactly what they're doing. And they did the same thing with, with the twenty twenty one jump street, twenty two yes. jump street. Well, because that was and the first, the Lego, first Lego movie. movie yeah. Because yeah. It, it, they took elements of pop culture where I mean I grew up in the UK. Uh, I don't know if you can tell from my stupid voice. Um but we, we, 21 Jump Street, we knew of it because we knew of Johnny Depp, but it wasn't exactly a massive TV show in the UK in the same way that it was over here in such massive pop culture. So you had to then create a product that you could sell internationally where this show wasn't popular and get people to not only give a shit, but then care about or actually get the references that you're dropping in. Yeah. Well, so what, for me, this does it. What those two have done is they've been able to successfully blend meta mm. into the movies yeah. in such a way that it is pop culturally. It's very referential. A lot of people will get it. Mm. Uh, it's, it's done in a very clever way, yeah. almost like it's not forced. Mm. Uh, so, so that's what I appreciate about the first 20, 21 jump street. The, the first Lego movie is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for Spider-Man. I wasn't invited to a screening at all. We'll get but you to see it. We'll get you but to I see can, it. But what I can say is the marketing on Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of the first trailer. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. why? Then we saw Venom and we see that <laughs> whole five minutes after the movie. Yeah. So we were just clobbered over the head with a, yeah. with a with an awful movie. And now we're seeing something without any context. And I'll be whatsoever. honest with you. And I was like, that turned me off. Yeah, it turned me way off. I was like, <laughs> and, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying this. But no, I was, I was but, completely wrong. It turned it, me around. It was the second trailer that they dropped for yeah. me. Oh, and actually, it's so your review on it. I heard positive things, but I saw that second trailer and I was like, okay, now I get it more. Mm. I go. I sort of kind of like it, and I like the voice talent. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's really good. Yeah, um, and some people in there you wouldn't be expecting that are really nice surprise. So try and go into this as blind as you possibly can to really get the maximum Meryl effect. Street? I made no. Uh, <laughs> I made the... Uh, it's not Julie Andrews either. Uh, no! Ashley Menzel uh, is in the chat. And when I made a reference to um, excluding people, uh, she says, I don't think uh, it is that it excluded anyone per se. It just isn't as entertaining for someone who isn't totally engrossed in the franchise. While I do partially agree with Ashley, I am, I would not consider myself to be someone who's engrossed in the franchise or the wider Spider-Man universe. Sure. But I still appreciated what they did and had fun with that. And it did very much entertain me. Things that I had no intention or inclination or reason to care about. I I did genuinely go like that was actually the, the, a lot of those elements were high points of the movie for me. Mm. So I think actually I kind of agree and I kind of disagree with, with actually on that. Sorry, actually. Xeno hour. I'm excited for into the spider verse yet. I still find the animation style jarring for a movie reminds me too much of a telltale game. Yes. (coughs) And this is something I was, um, talking to a director about online oh. uh duncan jones oh okay he was asking uh whether uh the, the 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 kind of the jarring animation style and the 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 dots and the things that are slightly out of phase visually whether that was basically down to poor projection or the way that it looks <laughs> online or is that an element of the movie and i'll be that yeah. was one thing that i was like i don't know if i can watch 90 minutes or however long it is of this i think this is gonna jar 
And it, for some people, it horribly will. Yes, and especially really. elements towards the end of the yeah. movie, they might find it just too much. But for me, uh, I mean, I, I had concerns even watching the movie. They were laid to rest. It worked for me. I know that for some people, it won't work for that. Will they have, exactly. did, did will you, they have to put you, up warnings? Probably. But, you know, the other <laughs> well, thing is, is point, that part, part of it felt like, didn't you feel like certain points, it, it looked like it should have been in 3D? Yes. And I very rarely think movies should be in 3D. Yeah. Although, to be honest with you, I think it might have been a bit overwhelming. Yes. Because I think there is so much going on, and it's so deftly handled. Uh, right down from sort of, you know, the the style to and to the palette. Um, I think in 3D, it, it might be... <laughs> it might be too much. It might be too <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. I was just... I was really glad that I was like, well, I... Some people will probably think it's really funny to get stoned and go watch this. <laughs> yeah. I can see I that. Think it's, Especially with Jay Johnson being in it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit... <laughs> I might be a bit he full on. He was stoned when I don't, he filmed it, actually. I don't recommend that anyway. <laughs> so don't, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> yeah. um, but also, uh, I just think it was, it was very intense. Legal. And I could see kids who were enjoying the movie all the way through. That was a bit that some of them struggled a bit with because it's very bold. It's yeah. very dynamic. So that won't be for everyone's taste. But personally... I didn't think I was going to like it. I ended up liking it. But going back to the, the story of a sequel announced and an all-female spin-off <clears> in the works, I was very happy to hear that this week. I Before seeing the movie, I was like, oh, really? Huh, okay. There's lots here to do this, this with. It works. Is, For me, it's a good this idea. This character is Sony's bread and butter. Yeah. They, they yeah. need yeah. it. It's like why Venom, you know, they're so happy that Venom works. And, and the... the Venom my, should have worked for me. But, but the problem, what I no, feel no, no, with no, Venom, no. is that it has set this bar now, right? Mm. That Very you can make so. that you can make this like eh movie, and people are still going to go see it. And that's what I'm worried about with the sequel. I'm and, a, well, I think to an extent, you say Venom set that bar. I say DC sort of kind of set that bar. And this is the first time that we get a Marvel movie. That really isn't up, up to the bar. And, and the reason why they're always criticized, though, this is, that's what I don't. That's why I don't think that DC, like DC, when Zack Snyder stepped on, whether it was Man of Steel, Batman versus mm. Superman, Justice League, but every they one have of those their movies, fans. yeah, but every one of those movies were criticized to death. Okay. And the thing is, with Venom, was the first time where people in a, in a, quite some time where they really were like. I mean, Thor, the first two Thor movies are not good movies, but yet they have 70s and 80s percent of Rotten mm. Tomatoes. They're like, you know, they're, they're still getting the praise. Venom was the first one that came out of the gate from, a, from Marvel and Sony co-production where it was just like, what, it's on like a 30 percent, something where yeah, like most loud. people really did not like it. Yeah. And it's still, I mean, it broke Wonder Woman's record, which we all, I think, agree on is is probably the strongest right. yep. of all the newest DC movies. Of the newest DC movies, yeah. yeah. So what does that say about what Sony can do now? I mean, that, what does that say? I mean, Ruben Fletcher is not that great of a director. Mm. And, I mean, the fact that he's probably going to be brought back on, the screenwriters well, will probably but, be very similar. Well, I let mean, me ask, I'm, though. I'm well, well let me ask. We, we, this is a movie that we actually saw together. Yes, so yes. that was probably the most fun for me oh, doing that, right? But I, would you be... I'd be very like if I speak for us and say the last ten minutes of the movie were probably the most interesting, <laughs> and that's where the movie like they should have gotten to that point yeah. of the movie a lot sooner. I agree because now they have that platform to jump off of mm. because it was the relationship between Venom and 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 Tom Hardy's character that at the end they finally 
get to. Yes. And I'm like, that's the, the movie I wanted. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's the movie I wanted. So maybe the sequel they can improve. But, I don't know. But here's my fear with this. And the, the reason why I'm saying this Call is, me worse. Is, is that <laughs> well, if people set up, the people who really enjoyed this and who, who, who gave their money to see this movie, yeah. if they enjoyed what this movie did for the first, how long was this movie? Two hours? Let's just say that. So what they enjoyed for the first hour and 50 minutes, are they going to be upset if they change the tone to what we liked about it for the next film? Mm. You could still make a better sequel. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I think you can. I think you can take what we had from the end of the last movie and stretch that out over two hours. And I yeah. think that using that, the lessons they learned alone, would make a considerably better movie. I just I think they fumbled that. the the origins and the setup. Sure. And I think it was for me. It was again. It was. It was just very hollow and characters uh-huh. that I didn't give a shit about. No. Interesting. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I've taken, you know, a little bit of flack for this, but I didn't like Michelle Williams in this. Neither did I. I didn't like her in Didn't like her in Venom. I love Michelle Sorry. Williams Me too, too, but no. Didn't like it. No. Didn't like it at all. Paycheck. Uh, okay, so uh, two Sony Spider-Man universe movies, likely Venom 2 and Morbius set for 2020. That was another announcement this week when we're talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, no real surprise there. I mean, Venom 2, I'm not, it's done phenomenally well at the box office. Huge. Um, you know. Internationally. Yeah, yeah, and I think even people, I think even Sony are slightly surprised by that. I don't think they thought <clears> I thought they were going to. They thought it was going to be popular, but I don't think they anticipated this. So, no surprise, there's going to be a sequel. No. The whole thing was a setup for a sequel. Uh, and Morbius, very interested to see what they do with that. So, uh, we'll see what happens. So, Spider Man is very much something that is oh, high, yeah, on, absolutely up there with like Bond. I think for for Sony. Yeah, as but far my as only, that. you know, you mentioned Bond. That's a great thing because here's my thing with Sony Spider-Bond. is that sometimes <coughs> they don't tend give them to Spider Spider Bond Baby Driver. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't give them ideas. Sometimes what happens with Sony, yeah. and I think a perfect example of this is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm. They could have gone on with that David out, Fincher. You know. No, that was Girl with Spider's but, Web. Sure missed so, it. Oh, yeah. But what could have happened, like, I just hope they don't cheap out, okay? We didn't get the next installment of that because Sony didn't want to mm. pay Daniel Craig, you know, uh, the, the man who pretty much saved Bond. Yeah. They didn't want to pay him money. So there was this whole thing going on, and so they scrapped the whole idea. Don't be cheap on this sequel to Venom. They're not going to be cheap. I don't think they'll be cheap. They're going to be throwing money at that like a a lap dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Dollar bill, dollar bills. (laughs) They're going to make it rain on Tom Hardy. Make it rain on Venom. (laughs) There are lots of people who would love to see Tom Hardy dance for money. Oh, I'm sure. Let's not... That's not too far from go reality. Go fund me campaign. Go, go fund <laughs> yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, Ashley saying uh, it is 100%. I have to agree with her. It's not allowed to disagree on that. I 100% disagree. Uh, but love you, Ashley. You are fantastic, and we always appreciate your contributions. Thank you so much. Uh, in the chat, ISB Loom, uh, Disney Marvel's Eternals casting breakdown. Don't forget, we will get to that later on if we have time. Uh, Westy Kid Idris Elba for James Bond. I think Westy Kid is Idris Elba. Uh, yeah, if they say, we're going to get to this next, actually. Uh, Westy <coughs> Kid, if they rebooted Back to the Future, Tom Holland should play Marty McFly. Yes. No. But also, no. No. It's no, like, no, 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 no. 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 To no. Uh, rebooting Back to the Future. I got this press release. It was a press release that came around from a, uh, from a, uh, <laughs> a research company. Is that polite? Yes. Um, yes. And a, uh, a, a ticketing platform um oh. and it landed in my inbox and i thought oh well that'll be easy clicks and then i was like no 
because this is bollocks. <laughs> oh, it, it I'm was sorry, all over but a lot of people ran it, and it got, as you say, it got spread around a lot, and a lot of people talked about it. A lot of sites basically covered this. I, I, honest to God, <laughs> don't know anyone that would like a reboot of Back to the Future. No. They might no. like another sequel. Yes. But they don't... Where, where the hell did they find these people? I have no idea. And the thing of it is... Mississippi. Too, is, oh, well, oh, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, uh, yeah, Mississippi. Well, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Sorry to anybody watching in Mississippi. I'm, 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 I'm letting listening. this sink in. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Three. So, it's, no, but it's Robert Zemeckis... Yeah is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg of Hollywood, meaning we don't want him to die mm. because he said he will never allow there to be a reboot of yes. Back to the Future for as long as he is alive. He cannot die. I don't... Because you know Universal yeah. is, like, just chomping at the oh, bit to do this. They are. And it's like, no. No, no. But I, I don't no, think no, they no, would no, reboot. No. I think they would do what they did with Jurassic Park, and they would reinvigorate they would find a new direction under the banner but again i don't i I don't think that would happen um but i just i just you know i mean i don't know this is something that comes around it's like every now and again it's like something to do with back to the future and should they reboot it there was going to be a west end musical in london a number of years ago working on that yeah do we never learn these lessons does hollywood never learn these lessons for every you know, I mean, Jurassic World, as successful <clears throat> as those movies are, there's a lot of people that don't actually like those movies. And we've mm. already seen with they're the second cr- one, which I, I enjoyed. I, enjoyed I did enjoy. But a lot of people felt that was lackluster and even below the par of the first one, which many people didn't particularly <laughs> like. So I, I just, I mean, this is, I'm sorry, it was just a, such a bullshit story. But oh, everybody seems to have covered it. And I know a lot of sites would do it because it was, you know, for clicks or for thought pieces or whatever. I steered clear of this like a dog turd on a sidewalk. I saw it via Twitter and I was one of the first to just, yeah. re, you know, comment and say, no, 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 we don't need it. It's, it's, this is as near a perfect, yeah. you know, trilogy. Inter- interesting get. comment though from from Zias B. Lou in the chat. Thanks for this, Zias. Um, Back to the Future was before my time, so I feel indifferent about this, but we'll see. I bet they, Universal, leaked it themselves just to see how us, the audience, <laughs> would take this news. That's a terrible, terrible conspiratorial Why thing would he to say. say such a thing? I don't, I don't know if that's true, but that's actually very funny and very interesting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking looking at Zias's point about Back to the Future being before their time, um, there we are. We have an affinity because we are men of a certain period. Sure. Um, the 1800s, where <laughs> where Back to the Future was, was a, was a big part of our life, but. Yeah. I, I think there are generations and there are people who came after us um, who have discovered Back to the Future and, like several other movies of that time, Goonies, E.T., things. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, where people do, even if you come to it when it didn't, it wasn't in theatres, it's a movie that people are drawn to and there is some magic in it that people just, Ghostbusters, have an affinity right. for this movie. They could be born 25 years afterwards, 20 years afterwards, 15 years afterwards, and it just, or even at the time the movie came out and they just connect i know my nephews and my my nieces and stuff they they all love back to the future and it 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 came out when their parents were kids i mean well so i I think it's i kind of agree with zias there but 
I have a, I have a, I have close friends. They live in Burbank. They have a they have a ten year old son mm. who loves Back to the Future. I mean, he wants a DeLorean. Yeah, and I don't. know, He really is into the story, and I'm just curious because there is a magic to well, especially the first one, but to yeah. that trilogy as well. Yeah, and it and it and it hits everything. It checks everything off that you need something to be. And people like the science fiction aspect of it. They like the traveling in time aspect. They mm. love the comedy, the heart, the humor. I just don't think it can, in today's world, very difficult to replicate. Really. Yeah, very like difficult. You just can't. Um, I, people are saying, a, a, a film nerd Jamie, and this is something I think some people might know and some people might not know. Um, I mean, for me, Back to the Future 2 is actually, I think, it's it's close to being my favorite in that yeah, franchise. Yeah, me too. Um, the film that Jamie's saying they tried doing Back to the Future 4 in the 90s. That is true. They, they've tried several attempts to, mm-hmm. to reinvigorate this seven times it's been looked at. Ed Solomon wrote it for Christopher Lloyd and Sarah Michelle Gellar. But obviously if that was in the 90s with Sarah Michelle Gellar, surely they would have had to call it like, I still know what you did next summer. <laughs> and they the could combine the, sl- yeah. the, the, <laughs> the slasher thing with it. And But no, I mean, I just... I, I, yeah, I think there have been several attempts. It's like Warner and the and the Friends movie. I mean, Warner uh, have several times tried to get the Friends movie off the you know off the ground, and it has never happened, and it will never happen. There are plenty of scripts and treatments sitting on shelves in Burbank and, and elsewhere. Um, but I just don't. I just don't. As much as I think people love Back to the Future, I just don't think there is really. I just just don't think people do actually want a reboot. No. I think it's purely a, it's a hypothetical. Yeah, and, thing rather than people genuinely wanting it. The other thing, if you have the Blu-rays, yeah, of these movies, I have so many different versions. But there's an amazing documentary, yeah, about it is for yes, each one, yes, yes, about how the movies made it from from Bob Gale and mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis trying to sell this movie, and this sort of thing doesn't necessarily happen a lot today. But it was really lightning in a bottle that the movie came together. Mm. And was actually able to be put up and, and filmed and up on the silver screen. Yeah. It is, if you do have the Blu-ray, I, number one, you can you should be able to buy it on Amazon uh, for the holidays. It should be on sale. Yeah. But if anything, you get it for these documentaries yeah. on how this was made. And Bob Gill and Robert Zemeckis, I mean, they're just like, everybody was turning us down. They were asking us to change the script. And it's just a fantastic, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic nugget of the time period of which movies are being made and how this one got to the silver screen. Because it's almost a miracle. Yep. I, I'm glad you brought up Bob Gale because there's a movie that I just want to recommend that no one has seen, I'm sure, uh, called Interstate 60. Did okay. you see that? No. no. Bob Gale directed it. Uh, <clears throat> it is a really great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Mars, Marsden is in it. Uh, oh no! This, I've heard of it. Yes, yes, it's really good, and I highly recommend it. Okay. And it, it's something that if you're a Back to the Future fan, mm. you're really going to enjoy this. Yeah, I remember seeing that on like a home yeah. entertainment release. I, I just I had to Google the title just to make sure I got it right. right. But it's it's really well done. Oh, and since we are talking Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, yeah. uh, pretty soon Shout Factory is releasing one of their very early comedies, Used Cars. Yes, oh, that's great. With great Kurt movie, yeah. Russell, great movie. Jack Warden, I'm telling you, hysterical. Which I almost <laughs> went to see at the New Beverly last year, because they did a screening of that, oh. and the New Beverly reopens this week. Yay! Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a... Uh, it, it's, it's a... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a movie theater here in in LA uh, on Beverly Hills. They're doing Bay. Batman Returns. They are. Um, I've, I wasn't able to get tickets for that, unfortunately. But I'm going to stand outside and, and wait. Yeah. Um, and see if, they, if there are any returns or any other available. They, they sell a hundred out online in advance for every screening, and then there's like some available at the door after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm so happy to see the new Beverly coming back. Those guys, it shut its doors last December for a couple of months for some refurb, and a couple of months has become basically eleven months. Yeah, and uh, and I can't I can't deny it's been killing me. <laughs> it's literally it's like less than five minutes walk from my apartment. Is it really? And yeah, I, oh my god, I'm so lucky. It's one of the reasons. I- <laughs> got the apartment i live in <laughs> i wanted to be that close to the new beverly um but yes yeah, it's, it's amazing i'm so glad that it, i can't wait to see what they've done with it and it's reopening this week and for those of you that don't know it's the movie theater that quentin tarantino owns yes uh it's wonderful it's like an old school movie theater it's absolutely brilliant their price has gone up a little bit which i do not begrudge it's gone up from six dollars to, to ten dollars for a, a movie but they do back to back so you get two movies for that if you want to stay around and watch the second in a double bill um ten dollars is still a, a bargain um yeah and kitty matinees and stuff at the weekend are cheaper anyway and it's they they do so much to keep movies alive um it, it's it's absolutely fantastic it's a great community there everybody who goes to the new beverly is really great lots of talent come through the doors i know several writers producers directors studio heads that go there and watch their movies there and they take their family and they take their friends you can be sitting next to anybody I- 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 in these seats and the amount of times i've turned around in a screening and like eli roth has been there or tarantino's been there or scott derrickson's been there or you know some, some of our best writers in hollywood it really is it's great, and they show all old movies. They bring them back, and they show them in their original formats, 35 mil, 70 mil. It, it's it's beautiful. Um, no. I'm so, so glad that they're opening. And <laughs> I'll probably get some shit for this. I'm going to see The Godfather there on New Year's Eve. That's how I'm spending my oh, New Year's wow. Eve. And I've never seen The Godfather. Really? Wow. And I've wanted to see it on the big screen in an original format. And finally... I mean, I have it wow. on Blu-ray. Are they doing the first and the second one? They're doing the first one. They're not doing the second one. It's not a double bill. It's well, a double bill with not the Godfather How long is it going to take you to see the second one, then? Well, I'll go home and watch it afterwards. Okay. I just All wanted right. to see the Godfather. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that the first time I saw the Godfather, it was on the big screen. It was with an original print in the original format, if possible. And finally, the new Beverly are making that come true. So thank you to the new Beverly for that. And seriously, I cannot say enough love for those guys that do it, and the community that supports the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have been there. Well, right? yeah. yeah, now, I mean, what's great about it is it is a premier repertory theater. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's amazing about it. You, I think because we're in the Los Angeles community yeah. is why it thrives. I wish throughout the entire country that each major city had a New Beverly-ish kind of theater that really cared and caters to movie fans. This is a great way to, to if you haven't seen The Godfather... This is a great way to go see The Godfather. Yeah, see the classics, um, right? You know, if you want to revisit a movie mm. like Batman Returns, it's a great way to do it because they care. It's, it's um, in a sense, it's almost like the Alamo Drafthouse. It's almost like an Alamo Drafthouse, except it's all repertory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because they do care about the fandom. They really do. So, and I think that's, that's the <clears> difference. Yeah. You know? The amount of times I've taken people to see, like, gremlins there original print before christmas die hard they're showing again before christmas this year um i've been there to see i mean hitchcock one of my favorite directors i've been there to see so many hitchcock movies over the last couple of years including uh, rebecca which was a really meta experience i won't go into now <laughs> um but yeah no that's the difference it, 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 you know as much as they are a running business 
it is about care and a love of, of film. They, they never take liberties with that. They no. keep costs down as low as they can, but still remain a functioning and profitable business because mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. It's business. But they really care and they want people to embrace movies. Monster Squad. I took mates to see Monster Squad. Yeah. Uh, who'd never, one guy had never seen it and someone had never seen it on the big screen. I've never seen it on the big screen. Um, it's just it, what they do is, is amazing, which yeah. is great. Uh, one other thing before we get back to the week's movie news is there's something really exciting coming to L.A. Uh, it's a it's a movie quiz, uh, which you, in itself you might be like going, oh, "It's a movie quiz." What the fuck? <laughs> um, not, nice work, old man. Uh, but when I when I uh, when I used to live in London before I moved uh, for for many many years, um, I played this movie quiz called uh, "You're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat." Um, it, it's a, it's it's a, a, a brilliant movie trivia um, experience. It's kind of hard to describe, to be honest with you. It's on a big screen, uh, and after having talked to the organisers and having played it myself with my team in London for for four or five years, um, we're bringing it to LA. And the first one is going to be next weekend. Um, you can find the details on my Twitter. I'm going to tweet about it on the uh, Meet Movie Press, uh, at Meet Movie Press on Twitter too. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. The first one's free because we just want to get the community to support it, which is really, really important. And hopefully it'll become a monthly event. But if you do love, if you're in LA and you do really enjoy uh, movies and you enjoy movie trivia, you, you seriously, you, you, this is just so much fun, your dick might explode. If you don't have a dick, buy one and it'll explode. Um, <laughs> but but seriously, it's it's so much fun. Everybody has an amazing time when they when they do it. They do it at three or four venues in in London every single month, and they, each of them sells out months in advance. Um, it really is an institution. There are directors like Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg. They used to play in London. Um, you know, they they know from the Boogaloo, which was actually inspiration for the Winchester right. and Shaun of the Dead. Um, the community has embraced it in London. I'm really hoping that LA is going to do the same thing here. Um, like I said, I'm going to post links uh, to that. Uh, it's it's great. It's fantastic, and I'm going to be hosting that. Congratulations! Awesome. Which That's is great. Nice. So thank you. So you guys couldn't find come along, right? Yes. Yes. I can't, and and they couldn't have found a better host. Actually, I, they they tried. Yeah. They tried very, very hard. Fred Savage but, uh, was busy. No, Fred Savage he's, was busy. He's Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, so it's, it's great. So that's really cool. Not doing Deadpool, but what's he doing? So, uh, uh, so moving on from that, getting, up on charges. <laughs> uh, getting getting back to uh, to the movie news. Um, I'm going to be talking about that more next week uh, as well. But just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Uh, if you love movies and you love in LA, or you know people that live in LA, you think they might want to do it, then uh, please spread the word. Okay, I so, just want to set up a team, a yeah, winning team, dude. You, you're, you're totally winning I'm not giving you any answers. Not giving you any answers. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Did phenomenally well. Seventy million opening weekend last weekend. <clears throat> Creed two did pretty well too. We have mixed feelings on on Creed two. Uh, Seventy million, but it looks like they might not make a third. They said that Ralph in the uh, press conference. Yeah, very surprised. Very surprised by that. To be honest with you, they said that. They, well, what their their reaction to this was? I'm trying to remember exact the exact words, but. Someone asked this question, and they said, when they revisited the first movie, the last line of dialogue in the first movie inspired this next movie. Mm-hmm. And they knew that they wanted to tell Vanellope's story in this movie and kind of give right. her new life. And they said when this came to an end, they really kind of fine-tuned it mm-hmm. so that it would be the end of the story. Yeah. So they don't really see where it would be able to go next, and I guess I can kind of agree with it because the first movie was about Ralph, the second movie was about Vanellope, and those are really the two central characters of the film, unless we do a spin-off with another one of the characters in the universe. Yeah. I do feel like they're the perfect... Hey, I, I, it's it's that's got gusto to me. I mean, when you make when you have uh, uh, two movies that do so well, the yeah. sequel does really really well. To be able to say that's it, like they're not going to. I wish more people brand. would say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same here. So I give them credit. 
for saying, you know, we really don't think that we can we can we can come up with another story. Yeah. And so this is going to be it. And all the credit in the world because they're not going to go out and make a third that's not going to live up to the first two and <laughs> right. be yeah, shitty. Right. And then disappoint and then get the bad reviews. It'll probably still make a ton of money. Uh, so I, all the credit in the world for having the, the courage to say this will probably be it for Ralph. I had a thought, um, bearing in mind both of your points. They've said that there likely won't be a third. <clears throat> However, nobody's discounted doing something on the Disney streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be surprised, because it is so popular... If they look at doing maybe a serial within that world of Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Doing a show, lots of things they can explore, lots of characters they can explore. I think that might potentially be an option. And I could do them, see them doing something similar with, say, the likes of franchises like Cars. We won't see another Cars movie, but there are these animated things that they know, you know, people will pay to see. So why wouldn't they pay to watch a TV series at home for like nine bucks, whatever a month. Yeah, sure. I think that could be an option if they don't see. It. But I would, I can see them entirely changing. You know, maybe reevaluating that in a year or two, and, and actually looking, considering how popular this has been. Sure, but they will turn around and go. Actually, maybe let's do a third one. We well, got, yeah. it is Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? And so you never say never. I mean, and never you never, never know because, like, we didn't think we were going to get a Toy Story four, right? Yeah, and. Lo and behold, here we are on the eve. You know, it's a great trailer. Speaking of really good trailers, mm. I enjoyed it in any case. So when you have that nugget, that 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 thought, that creativity that says, you know, I can take these characters and still maintain the true and the heart of these mm. characters and make another story. So I just say, for Wreck-It Ralph, it's all, it's all good. Never know down the line. And streaming for a series, that's fine. Interesting point. Westy Kid actually saying Wreck-It Ralph, <coughs> uh, so the Wreck-It Ralph sequel, um, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, uh, had to rely on Disney princesses to bring in the audience. Now, I don't think it had to rely on the Disney princesses, but I was very surprised that it, that initially came out at D23, and ever since they have been pushing this Disney princess angle a lot over the primary characters in the movie, it seems to me. And so, yeah, I think this was a secret weapon for them, and I think that has paid, you know, a, a considerable amount of, 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 of being the power behind the success of the sequel. Um, shrewd move, not one that I expected, but mm-hmm. I think it's it's really paid off for them, and they would have to find something similar uh, to do that. If you want. Uh, yeah. Ashley wrote the quote, if you want to read it. That's so, the exact quote. Yeah, so unless we start digging at this and find out that there is some sort of opportunity to be mined, I think right now it feels as if they're great companion pieces. It kind of ends there, which I think is fair. Um, but but I think there's, also, the, there's the but right there. If there's some sort of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that opportunity comes with a dollar sign on it. It sure does. And I think that's Especially the opportunity they're looking yeah. for. And that is the making a shitload of money with your movie gives you the opportunity <laughs> to come up with an idea for another uh, one. And I have no, no doubt someone's sitting in an office at Disney and they already have an idea. And it's, there are sketches on the wall <laughs> and or in a notebook and there are post-its everywhere. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, Ralph browses in incognito and deletes his browser history. I think history. it's going to be uh, the dark web. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, a crossover <laughs> Ralph, between <yes>. unfriended. <laughs> unfriended 
Re- Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph dies on the internet. Wreck it, Ralph. Red Dead. Re- uh, Red, Red Dead, Dead Redemption. Redemption. <laughs> slash slash it, Ralph. He gets ridden. He Brilliant. gets stuck in fire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two, two, we have fortunately lost two luminaries uh, of the industry recently. Uh, there's been a spate of these uh, recently. Very sad. Uh, Bernardo Bertolucci, uh, the most recent one, the Oscar-winning director of uh, Last Emperor and Last Tango in Paris, died at, at 77 this Give week. Give me the butter. Well, uh, it's funny because I, uh, as soon as I heard this story, everyone was going, like, oh, my God, he's an amazing director, which he was a brilliant director. But the thing that I was surprised didn't get more coverage was the story behind the Last Tango in Paris, Paris scene with, with the butter. Where the whole controversy, I won't go to dip because we don't have a huge amount on the time, but do, if you want to research it, do look into it. But yeah, and I was surprised <laughs> because I thought a lot of people were going to go, because often you get a bit of backlash when people pay tribute to people who've died. You've got some, some sure. there's some darkness in that story at some point. People often go to that. I was very surprised that there wasn't more focus on that, which is a small part of his story, but it's a Absolutely. part of the story nonetheless. So I was just very surprised that that didn't sort of come back. But I mean, yeah. as a director, he was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Even not entirely commercially successful all the way through. You know why they used butter, right? Because they ran out of parquet. <laughs> okay. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also lost uh, Nicholas Rogue. Than butter. We also... No. We we're also, gonna, we're gonna lose, we're gonna we're gonna, lose Dimitri. This is so. not... This is not... <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Rogue also died, uh, director of uh, Don't Look Now and several other things. The Witches uh, died at six, well, uh, 90, um, not 60, you know, 90. The Witches. Yeah. Okay, so I don't get... The, so there's always this revival about Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I get it for little girls. I just was never... I started at the theaters. Mm-hmm. I was like... Eh, okay, yeah, yeah. Eh. and then everybody and I and I keep on going back to watch it because it seems like every year yeah. it gains the in popularity. Fandom, yeah, and I'm like, what did I miss in this movie? Because witches is a far better movie. I agree. Yeah. I like that's the movie that should be getting praise, and that's the most underappreciated witches movie. Yeah, no, I, I, you I, know, I, and I don't get it. Which is a, such a good movie. It's a great movie. I, yeah. I mean, I remember when that came out. It was, uh, yeah. it was tremendous. Um, very sad to hear about Nicholas Rogue. Um, yeah. I mean, Don't Look Now is a movie that I've watched countless times over the years, and it, it never loses its its impact. It's a brilliantly constructed piece of work. Uh, but 90, you know, and unfortunately, it, you know, as sad as it is, it happens. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, an incredible body of work that he, he leaves us to to enjoy, uh, which we're, right. we're, we're all eternally gratefully for. If you haven't sure. explored the catalogue of these directors, then it's actually a really good opportunity to go back or to go into it in the first time and experience it. Okay, uh, before we go, um, I want to talk about, you know, it's a very light a light weekend at the box office this week. No major releases, but I want to touch on one. Um, but also, I think we need to talk about the fact that Blue Beetle movie is in the works. A lot of people talking about this sure. yesterday. Uh, it's going to star the DCEU's first Latino superhero, uh, which is great because obviously this year a lot of people are very excited that we've had more African American representation in the Marvel Universe uh, with Black Panther and several other characters. Um, And now, obviously, uh, we're having more Latino representation. Mm -hmm. One in three movie tickets that's sold in the US is bought Mm. by a member of the Latino community, um, which is a very powerful box office buck. It's It's very powerful. Uh, So let's talk about that. Blue Beetle. I was not familiar with Blue Beetle until I I saw the story. Yeah, and and then uh, a lot of people were very excited about it, though, which I think is great. Did you guys... This is not no. I know who Blue Beetle is. Yeah, I I just am I excited about Blue Beetle? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. I mean, just keep it. It'll be fine, baby. It'll be fine. It'll be good. I mean, you know, you talk about (laughs) Latino box office. 
that's the reason why Pantaleone was born. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they saw this niche yep. years ago, and it's paying off for them. And everybody else now, too, is is getting on this let's bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, rightfully so. Yep. We talked about Instant Family, right? What I think is fantastic is, like, the three children in Instant Family, Latino, but yeah. they don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. When you don't make a big deal about this sort I know. of thing... It's so much more it's natural. natural. Yeah. It's, it's natural. almost like there are Latino people, like, just, right. like, walking around. Right. I can't right. it. Just, yeah. like... <laughs> Because you know what the big like the, the the hardest thing is is when you purposely go to cater to that audience, yeah. they don't go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So don't you don't just have the representation yeah. and people will get it. They really will. You can you can dumb. you can be Latino without a purpose. Yes. It's just you're Other not a McGuffin. You're in the right. You're not a you're not a thing. I, I mean, it, it's what I'll say about just we can move on from this, but like searching versus crazy rich Asians. Yeah. I mean, searching is just a great film that it just there's no mention of like this is an Asian family. There's there's no focus. They don't say it. Just Asian. Yeah, you know, They're like just being there. Crazy rich Asians is just kind of like this is an Asian romantic comedy. Gotta go see it. Like it's yeah. like it's just right. there's just it's so it, I, it's just like it would spoon be the, feeding you. Just it would be the equivalent of part of the conversation. Someone going like blah blah blah. You know I'm Latino, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I mentioned I'm Latino? It's like we know it's not it's not a relevant factor. No, but I think this is good. Obviously, you know, it is about representation. I think a lot of people who go and see these movies are people who are Latino, and we don't have a lot of that representation on screen so i think this is a very good thing and this is a character i'm not familiar with i think it's actually going to be really interesting for someone to learn a bit more about a new character and i think that a lot of these universes actually their strength is when they do something really creative with a character you don't already have a strong relationship with and Mm -hmm. a a preconception or a pre-idea or you know you want to you know how you want it to be so i think that's very important okay very quickly uh, anna and the apocalypse is out this week you guys have both seen this i unfortunately haven't had time to see it this week uh you guys sell this to me Oh my god! Wait, I mean, wait, wait, I, 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 I love. Song. I know. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a zombie musical. It's a Christmas it's movie. movie. It's a Christmas. It's musical a love story. A coming zombies. of age movie. Oh. It's like it's, it's like a plethora of. Uh, things. All I will say is Shaun of the Dead meets High School the Musical. Like if if Twenty Eight Days Later had music numbers in it, I'd watch Twenty. I'd really really love Twenty. Can I just ask a question? Yeah, ha- haven't we got enough of those movies? You would think. <laughs> yeah, I mean they just but, they come out one but, after oh, the other. Not, it's a endless stream of zombie musical Christmas it's movies. Go oh, do something original, Hollywood. Do something original. Here's the thing. You know what else they did? Yeah, like the cast is a breath of fresh air yeah. in this yes. movie. It's nobody that I that I recognized, and every single one I loved. So it actually had stakes. So it, it was like when you watch Shaun of the Dead. And this is what I can most closely relate it to. I wasn't familiar with Simon Pegg, Nick Frost at the time. Yeah. And all the cast of characters around them. But you got to love the characters so much that if somebody got bit by a zombie, Mm. you're actually, you're like, oh, bummer. They build this world and these characters that you actually care for them. Anna, the girl that plays Anna, I think is fantastic. And I laughed. And it was so, it's such a fun movie to see. It really is. It's great. I mean, the music numbers that are in this film move the movie forward. Uh, They're very memorable. They're very catchy. There's a nice range of musical numbers. Some are there for comedic value. Mm. Uh, There's some there that they're just there to kind of like share what the characters are thinking or how they're feeling. Um, 
the the main girl uh, Ella Hunt is amazing. So good. Um, she's so damn good in this movie. And I I've said this in my review is like. Leave it up to the independent filmmakers to make something that's bold and wildly original. I mean, yeah. they're the only ones who, who are taking the risk when they, they really shouldn't be, but they are. And, and it's and, such a great film, and, and I hope it's a cult classic. I, mean, it, well, I can't see it not being a cult classic. I mean, it was so funny. It even had its Gaston moment. Yeah. Oh, with, yeah. I mean, that guy, that number about... You know, being a soldier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fighting. It was so soldier funny. Soldier of War. Yeah, soldier yeah. Soldier of War. Yeah. And I, I cannot sell this picture enough because it's probably not going to make that much money. Um, but if you want to see something that's original, it's Christmas time. I mean, you're killing zombies with a big candy cane. Yeah, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make time to see this. I know we, I just need to take a couple of extra minutes uh, yeah, on this because I mentioned yeah. it at the top of the show. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, so I do want to cover it. We're going to talk about I was it more gonna next segue, week. I try to segue into that Yeah, show. because um, we've treated our responses. Uh, the review embargo was uh, was up uh, social media last night uh, while I was asleep. Um, Mary Poppins, it, it hits movie theatres in a couple of weeks, but i got to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are loving this movie. It did not work for me. You can you can check out my tweet. Um, I, I, I was disappointed. Uh, I was not a massive fan of the original Mary Poppins movies, uh, the original movie, um, but I was actually really, I had high hopes for this, uh, and it, it simply didn't deliver for me. It looks amazing, and it's all about what you see, and that's kind of about it. It felt <clears throat> hollow, and it felt flat for me. The musical numbers didn't work. Uh, it felt like bits rather than a whole. It just didn't. I know it's working for a lot of people, and I'm one of the dissenting voices, but I can't pretend that I like something that I don't. Um, but you also, Scott, reacted to I, this film. I, I, I have to agree with you. Um, my expectation for this film was, I wouldn't say it was sky high, but it was, it was pretty high up there yeah. because um, I just... As much as I wouldn't say that I love, love, love Mary Poppins, I grew up watching it, and I remember the songs, you know, Supercalifragilistic, you know, all the songs. I don't have to go into the names, but they're memorable, and first and foremost, my biggest pet peeve with musicals, if you have musical numbers that are not catchy or not memorable at all. The second thing is that they just throw them in there without really elevating the story at all. And then we can talk about this generic story that this movie has and the fact that the entire thing just feels like a complete rehash of the original. Yeah. Where it's just, it's like, we didn't want to use an, uh, one of the other stories that they had for Mary Poppins. So instead, we were going to create our own story, which, like, they keep talking about, like, they did something so freaking marvelous. <laughs> like, you created a story that is so generic that has been done, like, 35 freaking times before. Why is it a big deal? And it just, it's, it's he's lifeless. Getting, he's getting angry. I was at the first man. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I'm just so baffled. And, and I feel like it's really weird because I, I'm not going to name names, but I, I talk to a lot of people who've seen this movie. And I feel like the reaction for this is very middle of the road, but it's just the, the people who are really liking this right now are speaking and the other people are not. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because the review embargo is not up yet, but maybe when the review embargo will be different. And you know what? I mean, I think there are going to be a lot of people who will disagree with us. And yes. I think there are going to be a lot of people who will, who will go along with their already 
the view they've decided where this is just going to be nothing but excellent. Um, it just didn't work for me. But we're going to talk about it more in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I just <clears> wanted to sort of uh, people have put Twitter reactions Sorry, out there, and yeah. I know we've had a bit yeah. of response to that I, as well. I want to. There is one thing very if, quickly, if yeah. I may, if we can go back to sure. in the apocalypse. The other thing that it reminded <laughs> me of. No, well, it's, yeah. I, I, I didn't no, see Mary no, Poppins. No, no, it's good. But, but one thing talk that you talk about was razzle dazzle. Yeah. And in the apocalypse, does not have razzle dazzle. Right, like the music numbers are great, but they're very self-contained. Usually, just in one, like in a classroom or or a cafeteria, and they still look good. The music was really good, and it kind of reminded me too. I couldn't help not thinking about um, that episode from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But Razzle Razzle Dazzle is not about money spent and visuals on the screen. Razzle Dazzle is about heart. It's about it's about you know emotion it's about making it pop in some way you don't even have to have a huge amount of money to do that and this mary poppins returns has a huge amount of money behind it it just doesn't for me it didn't have that spark yeah. we'll talk about it more but and for me you, it's it's less mary poppins it's, it's more well Mer- that's what i'm that's mary poppins. i agree but that's the problem like if you're going to go for the musical side of things, yeah. then do everything that makes the musical yeah. great. And it and it doesn't do that. And then if you're going to just go to the people who love Mary Poppins as a character and love yeah. the stories, you're not even picking up one of their stories. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm so confused who this movie's for. Well, well, it's not for me and it's not for you, no. but I'm sure for many people it'll be hugely <laughs> successful and it'll be exactly what they want. But you know, oh, what? I'm sold, and I'm, I'm <laughs> and I'm, I'm very happy for them because I know a lot of people would love this. Well, but no. me, I've got to be yeah. honest about my opinion. Yeah. Okay, so guys, we've got to finish. Uh, first of all, uh, Dimitri, tell me who you are, where we can find you, and tell me what's going to be on our next again, movie. Again, always week. a pleasure and honor to have a, an, an invite to this table, but I'm also on Anatomy of the Movie also part of the Popcorn Talk Network, uh, where we talk, we break down movies, we review them, and then we break them down to uh, some of their parts. And today we will be doing Instant Family and... Ralph Breaks the Internet. Instant Family, pop. you should go and see if you can find it in your oh, local theaters. Yes, it's one of the best movies of the year. I agree. Scott. See that movie, Instant Family. Yes. Now. Go. Yes. Stop listening to the show. Go now. Um... I want to say that uh, you should tune in to LAOFCS Weekly, which is going to be on at 11 a.m. Uh, on the Popcorn Talk Network. So please stay tuned to that. We are going to talk about our award predictions this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really all I'm going to be pushing. And then you can find me on We Live Entertainment. And we are going to be ne- back next week. I'm Simon Thompson at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much Thank for you. tuning in. This Thank is you. Meet the Movie Press, November the 30th, 2018. Have a great week. Watch some movies. Thank you for your support. Like, subscribe, and tell everybody about the show if you enjoy it. If you don't, we're sorry. <laughs> Maybe you'll like next week. Yeah. Uh, but take care. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. There it is. The light. Bye. The light. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the owners or principals.